Welcome to a very, very Pixar podcast. This is a very special episode. I am Sam Mulberry, and I am joined by... Mark Berry and Levi Berry. And today we're going to be doing our Pixar draft. Um, so I'm going to talk more about that in a moment. But we have some breaking news. Uh, in the time since we last uh, recorded, you guys have had a chance to see the newest Pixar release, Lightyear. And I'm going to give you guys five minutes to tell me about Lightyear before we get into the draft. So, Lightyear... I didn't like it. I watched it with Mark, and I also watched it with my sister and my dad, and it got four thumbs downs, one from each <laughs> of us. Uh, so to start, uh, it, yeah, it is the backstory of Buzz Lightyear. Um, they actually ended up kind of changing it, that it was like the movie that Andy saw that made him want to get a Buzz Lightyear toy, which comes with its own set of hows, because I'm pretty sure if that was a movie in the Toy Story universe, that there would be socks toys flying off the shelves socks is the cat so the movie is the pacing in this movie is really really odd they go to a bunch of different locations like it's very episodic kind of like finding nemo but unlike finding nemo each place isn't packed with creativity and it isn't funny and it isn't entertaining (laughs) um so not great yeah so not great uh on top of it uh it is yeah the entire movie is just kind of completely unfunny uh, it just tells such a generic and uninspired story, and the villain is beyond awful. It is Cars 2 twist villain levels of awful. And the Buzz Lightyear character that we got was not nearly as eccentric as he was in the Toy Story movies, though I wanted it to be a bit less eccentric because Toy Story levels would be kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. But we just got such a generic and boring and bland main character, coupled with boring and bland side characters. And so now I'll pass it to Mark so he can talk about it. Um, yeah, like Levo said, it does have really, really bad pacing. And it is very episodic. The villain is really off-putting to me. And he kind of just appears, like, whenever the plot deems it necessary. And the thing is, is that it's got a lot of, like, weird time travel stuff in it that really, like, ruins the setting, mm. in my opinion. Like, it goes from, like, this planet... It goes from, like, a planet that we're stranded on to, like, a planet we've made a living on, and Buzz is still, like, focusing on getting people off the planet, even though people have already settled down and, like, actually had a life. Like, one of his friends died in the lifespan of him, like, trying to get off. Mm. And it's just... Again, the villain is really, really bad. And also doesn't really work because it's not how the toy story villain works sure so how would you fix this movie uh so for me i would honestly remove the twist involved with zerg so i think i'm not going to entirely spoil it here but the twist uh involving zerg involves a separate timeline a buzz breaking character twice in a row so happening to stumble upon just this random spaceship and what he does with the technology on the spaceship makes no sense and he doesn't even explain why he's attacking people and throughout the movie he poses no threat so what i would and he appears only like halfway into the movie so what i would do zerg should appear like a third into the movie he should appear a lot sooner um on top of it you should remove the twist involved with him i think he should just be well, a warlord, a space warlord. That would have been way cooler than what we got. And since he would appear a third through the movie, he would get a lot more moments. And I'd say he should just overall pose more of a threat. He should actually threaten the dynamic of our main characters instead of just stomping around Buzz every 30-ish minutes. Mm-hmm. Mark, do you agree? Uh, yeah, I agree. I just wish it was more of like an action movie instead of like the time travel thing. Because I think like, you can just take a break and just make a cool action movie to return to theaters. Yeah, I think that would I think that would be fun. So uh, as we're as we're running out of time here on our, our five minute light year wrap, um, does sh- if you had seen Lightyear before we recorded last episode, would we be talking about Lightyear as a bottom three Pixar movie? Yes. All right. So what would you move out of the bottom three to make room for Lightyear? Brave. No, I'd say <laughs> we'd still be talking about those bottom three. I'd say it is just slightly better than brave okay so 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 
Marky is putting Brave or putting Brave out of the bottom three. Levi is saying Brave stays in the bottom three. Or we could have made it a bottom four episode. Oh, uh, but see that that breaks the rules though. It had to be a bottom three, bottom four. That's the rule of threes. We we can't break that. All right, let's get into the draft. All so right. there are twenty six Pixar movies, uh, and there are three of us. So we are going to draft. We're going to do a a. A, uh, a serpentine draft um, of our Pixar movies. I thought this would be more fun than just ranking the movies because we can get our own sort of um, our own kind of points of view uh, embedded in this. Now, if we divide 26 by 3, we notice that uh, it doesn't work out evenly. So here's the thing. The people who get the first two picks get an advantage, right? Because they get um, they get to pick early. But it also means they get stuck with one of those bottom two movies. And we'll see what those bottom two end up being. Um, so let's draw to see our draft order. Mark, do you want to draw a number out of there? All right. All right. What number did you get, Mark? I got... A three. All right. Mark will be drafting three, but then you also get four in the Serpentine draft. Uh, Levi, you want to pick? You also don't get stuck with the bottom movie. <laughs> Levi, what did you end up with? One. All right. And that gives me Seven. the middle pick. <laughs> All right. Hey, what do you know? I, I got two. Okay. Uh, Levi, do you want to kick us off? What is your first pick in the Pixar draft? The Incredibles. It's my favorite Pixar movie and one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, so I'll be picking that. <laughs> uh, why is this? Why is this your favorite? Why is this the obvious number one pick for you? Oh yeah, um, I f- totally forgot that we would be talking about the movie. So, <laughs> um, The Incredibles is, in my opinion, everything you could ever want out of a movie. Okay, uh, it is a completely timeless film, like just in terms of the time. Of what time it's set in. It's got a fantastic villain with a clear motivation, great stage presence, great backstory, um, great points, and a lot of memorable monologues. Uh, It has great main characters that are each unique and subversive in their own ways. It has excellent pacing, um, a story that is incredibly creative and inspired a final battle that is so visually interesting they make incredibly creative use out of each individual's powers um and the dialogue feels so distinctly like almost adult where as a kid i couldn't necessarily tell what they meant by some of the things they were saying when i was a kid but now i can actually as i got a little older i could tell what they meant in some of their lines uh and as a person that lives in a family of six there are a lot of parts that just feel so relatable that's not even thought about that i hadn't thought about like it's a big family and you come from a big family that makes some sense um but that's not even like what makes me like the movie so much what makes me like it so much is that it is just so consistently entertaining emotional and overall flavorful to watch throughout the entire runtime so yeah that's why i'm picking incredibles i like it uh the Incredibles has a 97% uh, Rotten Tomato score, a 90 Cinema score, which is really high. Or excuse me, a 90 Metacritic score, an A-plus Cinema score. And it is the... Where are we at here? It is the number 11 all-time for box office. Now, again, this is not adjusted for inflation, so Incredibles came out a while ago, but it made over $600 million worldwide. Um, I think that's a great pick. So that puts me at number two here. Um, and Mark, it, this is where like I'm really struck by, should I be mean to you? Because I know what your pick would be here. Yeah. Um, and uh, I kind of want that movie too. Um are you going to hate me if I take it? Because no, I think just it's the pick, right pick. Just pick what you want, man. All right. I'm going to pick Ratatouille here. I love Ratatouille. Um, I mean, here's here's my gift to you, Mark. I want you to tell me why Ratatouille is great because I know this is your favorite and I'm stealing it from yeah. you. Yeah. Ratatouille is great because it's like basically everything Levi said about The Incredibles applies here. And like one of the things is, is its setting is so different from like your normal like huge box it's not like a huge action movie but it's still like in a way action-packed in the sense like of the current context of the movie what happens is considered action like the villain is also really really awesome like the way they animated him and his personality like i know every single one of his lines just because they're so like quotable 
because they're so iconic. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful movie. I love um, I love how it seems to be very long. I don't know if it's longer than other Pixar movies, but it feels like there's three acts and then there's two more acts. And I love that. I love the story. Um, I love the concept. I think that's one of the big things with Pixar movies is they they usually have some high concept. Um, and I think that I think Ratatouille is great. Ratatouille also makes you want to cook and makes you want to eat. Um, so, so I, it's a movie about art, which, so, so that's part of why I love it. 96 Rotten Tomato, 96 Metacritic. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I didn't hear mentioned that I heard from somebody a little bit ago is that the art style in Ratatouille is kind of what makes you feel like you're tasting the food by just watching the movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Mark, you have two picks now. Your favorite movies off the board. Where are you going? Um, I would say I'm going to pick Wally. That is a great pick. So tell me about Wally. Uh, I really, really like Wally, and I think it's just so awesome. I love how the first half of the movie is just no dialogue, and you can still perfectly understand like what's happening with the characters and like what Wally's actually thinking. Yeah, they made a thinking. silent film basically, which yeah. which should be boring, and it's not. Yeah, most silent films are, in my opinion, not very entertaining to watch. But this one is really, really interesting. And, like, the setting is so rich. The one thing I don't like about this movie is the second half Mm -hmm. and the villain. I think, like... No, the second half, you mean the people characters, right? Yeah, the people, like, it's such a... Like, it could have been two different movies. Mm. Like, it's such a drastic change in setting that I would say negatively affects it because it takes away the silent part with the people. Well, I think that's a testament to how great this movie is that you can say the second half of the movie is kind of eh, but the first half is so good yeah. that it's worth that, it, that it's worth it's being worth this it. high. Yeah, absolutely. I also I was watching some clips uh, as we we're getting ready for this. The again, I'm now I'm talking about the first half of the movie might be the best looking Pixar movie. It looks yeah. incredible. I cannot believe it looks live action to me. Like like yeah. I am kind of blown away. Yeah, the thing about Wally is it just kind of casually has so many beautiful scenes and just great shots. And the commentary it makes on, like, pollution and global warming is just incredible, especially for its time. It was written in, it was made in 2008, which is really quite shocking, honestly. And it does that without being overly preachy, right? It's it's not, uh, it's not slamming you over the head with that. All right, so that closes our first round. Mark, you have the first pick in round two. Where are you going with your second pick? Uh, with my second pick, I'm going to choose Luca. I was wondering when we were going to get a, a more recent one. I know you guys have talked about Luca a lot. I have not seen Luca. Tell me tell me about why this uh, is so high for you here. So Luca is, of all of the Slice of Life Pixar movies, is the most realistic. And, of course, all of them have their own twist that makes them like, not this couldn't happen in real life. Like, Luca has sea monsters in it, but it feels a lot like just a childhood summer, and just, they have, like, a childhood bully as a villain, and they, it's just so fun to watch these characters interact, and the villain is also really, really great. He's like Skinner with, he has so much personality, um, and the final, like, battle, I'm gonna say in quotes, is really awesome. The shots is, the shots are amazing in it. And the art style is, like, really, really beautiful. And it fits the setting so well. Now, what's interesting, again, I haven't seen this, but of, uh, you know, I tend to think about, like, the classic Pixar movies and even the mid-period Pixar movies being the great ones. Luca's 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it, this is also a critical darling um, to be up that high. Um I now have my second pick, um, and you left me the movie I was maybe going to take at number two. Um, this might be a product of my age, but I'm taking Up. I think Up is um, Up is maybe my favorite Pixar movie. Uh, Ratatouille and Up are, are, are two of my favorites. Uh, Up is maybe the champion of the emotional Pixar movie. I also think it's very, very funny. I think there's – you have basically – three pretty good comic relief characters you have doug you have russell and you have kevin which you know like and kevin is not that funny but the reactions to kevin even the name kevin is funny you have a great villain you have a great concept a great art style but for me it's the emotional gut punch um so i am thrilled to get up in the second round 
Uh, yeah. Uh, Up is... It's not one of my favorites, but it's, it's a solid film. Um, though the first 15 minutes, I'd say the rest of the film is almost, like, disappointing compared to the first 15 minutes. They are really, like, that good. There's some of the most, like, I'm gonna say fine storytelling Pixar has ever put out. All right, Levi, uh, it's been a while since you've had a pick, but you have two of them now. Oh. So, uh, where are you going with your, with your second pick? All right, I am looking, and you know what? I am going to do Toy Story 3. This is the first Toy Story movie that has been drafted. That's interesting. I was wondering how long it was going to take before we got a Toy Story off the board. Uh, I've seen one one through three. I haven't seen four. Tell me why you pick three as your top Toy Story movie. Uh, Three is my personal favorite Toy Story movie to watch. Now, this is the one with Lotso, right? Yeah, this is is the Lotso one. So, I'm going to start off with... Uh, all the Toy Story movies have their own unique conflicts that are specific to being a toy that's part of the thing that makes Toy Story movies so great. Um, but I especially love this ones. Uh, they introduce, like, some new characters, but that's like... Okay, I'm, I'm just kind of pandering for what I really want to talk about. This is a prison escape movie. Uh, it is the only, currently only prison escape movie I have ever seen. And if the others are like this, then that is probably one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life. It's a great this, genre. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a wildly, wildly creative, very entertaining, multi-stage prison escape movie with just toys in a daycare. And it is so fun. It is so enjoyable. It is so rich. Uh, Lotso is such a hateable and such a good villain. He's got such a great, like, he's he's every, he's basically everything you'd want in a villain. I wouldn't say he's as good as Syndrome. Syndrome is my favorite. Um, But the thing about Lotso is he's just so hateable in the end i felt like he got got it off maybe a little too easy Hmm. um the drama in this movie is also really great the humor is fantastic Uh, i love the thing with buzz's spanish mode Uh, that's a great that's a great great i love uh rex in this movie and the animation in this movie since like the first two were made like around the 90s Mm -hmm. on this one was made in 2010 um the animation was just such a big step up. Well, that's what was interesting is I remember Toy Story One, Toy Story Two, relatively close in time, both in the in the mid and in the late nineties. And then ten years later, it's like they're making another Toy Story. But you thought, well, they must have a great idea, and it turns out they had a great idea. Yeah, because um, it's it's like cool. You watch the first two Toy Story movies, and then you watch the third, and it's like it's cool to revisit uh, the movies that started Pixar in just such a new. Um, more defined graphics. Mm-hmm. All right, Levi, what do you have for your first pick of the third round? First pick of the third round is going to go to... I'm, I'm looking. It gets tricky now, I feel like. There's there's some that I really love, but I don't know, I don't know how early to take them. Yeah. Uh, honestly, because, like, we're out of the zone of this is a must pick for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to pick Luca. Too bad Mark got two picks and then he picked it. Uh, I'm going to... Well, if you feel better, I got Ratatouille from him, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, everybody, got, everybody got the must picks uh, in round one, in rounds one and two. And so I think I am going to go for Inside Out. Ooh, that was where I was going next. Well done. Tell me about Inside Out. So, Inside Out is not without its flaws, like like pretty much all movies. Uh, Inside Out has, there are some, like, pacing issues, and there are some things that just don't make sense, like, why didn't they use the memory shoot that they used to send the triple dent gum ad up to send up the core memories, and a variety of other things like that, but honestly, I don't care. This movie is so fun. Um... Like, it, Joy's arc throughout the movie is very heartwarming and enjoyable. It's great to see Riley in real life. I feel, I remember watching this recently and I'm like, wait, is this kind of like an allegory for depression a little bit? And I feel like, yeah, it is kind of a metaphor there. Uh, but it also has made room for some of the most, like, fun, uh, wacky and creative concepts in all of Pixar's lineup. Like, there's an abstract thought section. There's a section where they get to make Riley's dreams. Um... There's a part where there's this beautiful scene where uh, when there's a bad dream, uh, Joy unplugs it and puts up a memory of Riley skating. While the score plays, uh, Joy skates around the room as well. This movie has a really good score. And I'm going to say the ending is 
probably the best scene in the movie and one of the best scenes to come out of Pixar in the 2010s, if I'm being honest. Um, because that is a tour de force ending. Uh, it can make pretty much anybody cry, I'm gonna say. Um, and then it's inside out, and I'm gonna say this movie is rich in emotion. It's got, it's not as funny as a typical Pixar movie. And it's just incredibly creative. So that's why I picked Inside Out. Yeah, I love those Pete Doctor movies. That was going to be my next pick. So what I'm going to go with uh, for my third pick, I don't know where you guys stand on this movie. So tell me if this is way too high, but I'm going to pick Coco. I love the movie Coco. I love it for, I mean, one of the things you have, you have representation. So it's a movie about, not about white people, which is great. Um, it's such a good story. It's a, it's a good concept. I love the music in it. Um, this was, this was a, 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 one of the late period, um, Pixar movies that I thought really jumped for me. It's also, as you were pointing out, it's one that's not a sequel, <laughs> um, that it's an original idea. Um, I, I loved some of this stuff visually, uh, but I, yeah, I, I definitely, this is, this is absolutely a favorite for me. So is that too high for Coco in your mind or? No, absolutely not. We're in, we're, I was, we're in Coco range. Then? I was bound to pick Coco soon. All right. Uh, Mark, you are up for your third pick and then you get your fourth pick. For me, my third pick, I'm going to choose Soul. Ooh. Tell me, tell me about Soul. I have seen this. Um, this is a, another Pete Doctor movie. His are jumping off the uh, jumping off jumping the board. Jumping off the board, yeah. So tell um, me about Soul. The thing about Soul, it's such like an emotional movie, and like watching Twenty Two, like get used and start to like life just by experiencing it is such like a unique idea, and I think it works really, really well. Um. Again, it shows, like, Joe's wants, and it shows, like, 22 wanting to just experience life. Um, and Joe, he's, like, it's almost interesting to see how much he actually doesn't care about 22 until he sees, like, her struggles. Um, I would say, like, this it's such a surreal movie, too. Like, I love what they did with, like, the You Seminar and, like, how souls, like, come to Earth. I also really, really like the ending for it. Like, a lot of people say that it takes away from Joe's sacrifice, but I actually think it's so, like, fulfilling because it's, like, it shows how inspiring his actions were in the U Seminar and his final statement of, like, I'm going to live every minute of my life is it's such, like, a fulfilling idea of, like, no matter what happens, I'm going to still, like... I'm not going to lose sight of what's important. Absolutely. Uh, what do you have for number your f- number four pick? I feel like we're in really interesting territory now. Yeah. For number four, I'm quickly scanning because I don't want to take. There's some big dogs long. still on the board. Yeah, I'm trying to find those ones. For my number four, I'm probably going to choose Monsters Inc. Oh, interesting. All right, tell me, tell me, uh, Monsters Inc. is so. So you 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 have two picks that are really recent Pixar movies in Luca and Soul, and now you're going back to the fourth Pixar movie, Monsters Inc. Uh, tell me why you're picking that here. Um, I'm picking Monsters Inc. because I think it's so fun. Like the monsters and the children, it's such like a unique idea. And again, like I give props to any like cool ideas that are executed well. And this is one of them. And another thing is, I think it's one of the best, like, father-daughter relationships ever with Bo and Sully. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell, like, it's one of those things of, like, looking past what monsters say about humans and he's doing what he thinks is right. And, like, it's funny to see how that influences Mike and how he starts to change and how it influences, like, other characters around them. I think Randall is really a a really awesome villain i think like his like competition with Sully is like really what's motivating him to do this he like always wants to be the best and like the final scene where they like trap him somewhere i believe that's what happens i haven't seen it in a while so correct me if i'm wrong but i believe they trap him in a door um and like, they leave him stranded, which is what he did to, like, a couple of the other monsters, which mm-hmm. I think is very fitting. Um, 
And yeah, that's really all I have to say. It's just such a fun, like, interesting movie. I love it. We are now done with Pete Doctor movies. They're all gone. And part of what Pete Doctor does is he makes these great high concept ones. And arguably, Monsters, Inc. is the first really high concept Pixar movie. You know, the idea of kind of what monsters are, what, you know, the, and, and, and this, this idea that they like work in a factory is like this. I, I love, I love that idea. Um, so I'm picking now in the fourth round. Um, and I'm looking here and I think you talked about a great father daughter movie. I'm going to go with a great father son movie and go with Finding Nemo here. Um, Again, I'm a little bit older than you guys, slightly older than you guys. Um, Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have kids. So uh, this one hits me pretty hard. Um, uh, this, the sort of the idea of, of, um, of, Marlin looking for, you know, on this quest to look for Nemo. And Nemo, I mean, it's not a prison break movie, but Nemo has his like prison break attempts in that, uh, in that fish tank in the, in the dentist's office. Uh, love the characters, love the performances. Um, so I'm going with finding Nemo. Levi, you've got two picks now. What's your number four pick? Uh, my number four pick. Cars, and... Cars 2 is still on the board if you want it. Yeah. yeah. Cars, uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to wait a little more okay. <laughs> before picking that one. It's interesting. We, I realize we picked Toy Story three, but I'm I'm curious when we start to get into sequel territory and have to start grabbing those. Yeah, start have to start grabbing the um the not so great. It's going to be interesting to start talking about the mediocre movies. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm looking for one that I am going to feel passionate about talking about. So, just give me a sec here. Yeah, go for it. I think I'm going to check off Toy Story 2, if I'm being honest. Oh, um, very nice. I've seen this one recently, and I remember hearing a person say it was the best Toy Story movie. I I personally like Toy Story 3 more because I of reasons said before. Uh, so Toy Story 2 uh, is a tad less funny than Toy Story, and I mean a tad less. Toy Story 2 is still absolutely hilarious, okay? What's the, what's the one sentence summary of Toy Story two? I'm trying to remember what the arc is there. Uh, oh, this is the this is the toy collector, right? And yeah, this story. is the yes. one about the uh, toy collector. So, um, Toy Story two it takes a very un, like surprising for only the second IP in the Toy Story franchise. It takes a really introspective look on what it means to be a toy. Um, for Woody and Jesse, and um, of course, then there's Stinky Pete. Stinky Pete is, by the way, a really great villain. He's asked Woody politely this whole time uh, to get in the box and then just to go to Japan because that's been what he wants the whole time, motivation. Uh, and since Woody uh, had just decided to not go, now he's going to have to force Woody. And then they go through actually a really creative sequence through a whole airport line and then uh, they get on bullseye and they basically uh, chase down an airplane. Um the airport sequence was really funny and creative. Uh, there was also... Uh, so, the stuff with Woody in this movie is probably... is It's very intellectual compared to other Toy Story movies. Um, and it also gets packed some pretty good emotion. Like, it's funny how they managed to uh, pad out all the Woody stuff when it seems like it'd be such a small portion of the movie. They managed to have it be like the second plot line while everybody's going on their mission to find Woody. Uh, the second buzz was just such a hilarious concept. And mm -hmm. I love the Zerg when he goes, I am your father, because that's they're parody they're parodying uh, probably the most memorable line in Empire Strikes Back. Absolutely. Um, they also uh, in this movie, cause, so like there's the typical fun shenanigans and all the humor and stuff that comes out of basically the friends going to find a uh, buddy and all that stuff is super creative super entertaining super enjoyable and really funny um but it's paced out really perfectly alongside uh, the woody stuff which takes a more intellectual um an introspective look at how their situation is and what it's like to be a toy like i said a bit earlier i feel like i'm repeating myself probably because i kind of am <laughs> that's all right um so yeah i feel like it's just a Nice, well-paced, intellectual, emotional, funny, fun Toy Story movie. 
All right, so we are at the halfway point in the draft, so let's just recap for people. Levi, here is what your uh, your slate of movies looks like. You have The Incredibles, Toy Story 3, Inside Out, and Toy Story 2. Feeling pretty good about that? Yep, I'm feeling pretty good about that. All right, Mark, you have Wally, Luca, Soul, and Monsters, Inc. How you feeling? Pretty good about that. I love my four. I have Ratatouille, Up, Coco, and Finding Nemo. So we're at the midway point. But as you point out, Levi, now we're starting to get to the movies you have to pick rather than the movies you really want to pick. Um, so why don't you kick us off in the, the first pick of the fifth round? What you got? First pick of the fifth round. I don't want to pick uh, Toy Story or Toy Story 4. Not not just because like I already have a lot of the Toy You could be the Toy Story movies. King and just get them all. I could all. be the Toy have Story the Monopoly. King. And I could have a monopoly on Toy Story. Um, but if I'm being honest, out of ones that I like, if I'm picking them as in terms of just strong films, I am going to go with Toy Story 4 on this one. Wow. Funny how I picked it uh, before the first one. Uh, this is probably the most like recent Toy Story movie I've seen. And yeah, it did come out most recently. But the thing about it is, uh, well, yeah, I've just been rewatching a lot of these movies, and this is the one I've seen most recently. So the thing about it, uh, this movie, like I said, Toy Story 2 was took a really introspective look on what it means to be a toy, but Toy Story 4 does that tenfold. It's not without its weaknesses, and I would say it's probably one of, like, my... It's probably my least favorite Toy Story movie just to, like, watch because it's a little less entertaining than mm-hmm. the other ones. Um... And it's a little less funny than the other ones. Uh, but still, uh, it is very, like I said, interesting, intellectual, introspective. There, Those are the three eyes. That's right. For um, the, the smart Pixar movies. The, like there are the movies with heart and there are the movies with brains. And this, is, this has a bit of heart and a lot of brain. Um, though it does have its great scenes, great emotional moments. I love the ducky and bunny. Uh, I love that they're at a fair. Like, the settings in this movie go really hard. Um, I like that there's this group of lost toys that find their ways over to, like, kids' parties and playgrounds just to get played with. It's mm-hmm. a very interesting high concept. Um, overall, the adventure in this movie is just really cool to watch, like how they navigate, like how Bo navigates the carnival and through the antique store and how they recruit Duke Kaboom. Um, and... Uh, pull off what is a pretty creative plan to try and get Forky back. Um, It's interesting, the villain of this movie was kind of an anti-twist villain. They started as, like, a villain, and you could tell because of, like, the the shaggy dolls they have. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they end up actually sort of becoming a good guy with the fantastic scene, which is my favorite scene in this movie, by the way, where there's a lost little girl, uh, and uh, Ducky and Bunny roll the ball over to her and get her to look at um, I forgot her name. I'm going to say, what, 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 what's the doll's name? I, I forgot. We're just going to call her Annabelle. Yeah. Uh, based <laughs> off of a totally no reason at all. Definitely not the 1990s ish horror movie. Um, gets her to look at Annabelle and, uh, she finds her, pulls her string with her voice box that she took from Moody earlier. Um, and then it gives the girl enough confidence to ask us security guard uh, where her parents were so that was a really great scene that was really heartwarming uh my problems with this movie is buzz they kind of forgot how to write buzz for this movie like he's mm. nothing like he is in the other movies and his inner voice stuff is kind of weird um i didn't like duke kaboom as much as i thought i would have like i really liked his driving sequences but as a character i didn't think he was as entertaining as the movie thought he was um, there is some mild pacing issues I have with this movie. Like, very, very, very mild. Sure. Um, like, I feel like they set up their plan to get Forky a little fast. Uh, like, it, a lot, some of this movie just feels a little fast. Like, everybody gives up on Woody. It feels a little fast at that point. But that just might, that might just be me. Regardless, I think this is a solid entry to the Toy Story franchise. A good conclusion. Please, for the love of everything. <laughs> Make on this it planet, the conclusion. 
yeah, do not make a Toy Story five. I'm well, not watching. I hate to break this to you, Levi. That is the uh, that's the lowest scoring Rotten Tomatoes uh, Toy Story movie. It only got a ninety seven percent. Only a ninety seven. <laughs> only so, a ninety seven. Very very popular franchise. Um, my next pick is going to be is, is an easy one for me. I'm going with the original. I'm going with Toy Story one. So Toy Story is off the board. Uh, Mark, if you were hoping to grab a Toy Story film, I'm sorry you don't get one. I was not. Um, I this I re- it took me probably a couple years before I saw Toy Story because I was in college when it came out. Um, but I think this is a great movie. I think it's a great concept that gets played out and gets developed. Um, you know, in interesting ways, but I think you get, you have to have the one that uh, that started it all. So I'm going to go with Toy Story one. Uh, Marky, you have two picks now. Where are you going? Um. My first pick, I'm actually going to go with Monsters University. All right. Tell me about that. Um, I do know, like, it's not a very popular pick um, amongst a lot of people. But I do think that this film is actually really underrated. And what I mean by that is, it's like the backstory of these characters, how Mikey got to meet Sully. And it's like almost like, we were waiting for this, you know, because th- we never got to know how they met each other in the original movie. And, like, it was kind of just, like, assumed, oh, they're just friends from work. But this actually shows us, like, how they met. I think a lot of, like, their scenes are actually really, really powerful. Like, the scene where Sully adjusts the scream meter um, so that Mikey can, like, feel like he's actually good at scaring is, like, it's such a powerful scene because it shows, like, Sully doesn't actually believe in him. And so Mikey goes and tries a normal, like, an actual door to see if he's actually scary. And the thing is, he isn't. Like, he finds out he isn't. Now, in real life, if this creature emerged from your bedroom door, you'd actually be terrified. But in the setting of this movie, he's really not scary. And he goes into the human world and just hides... And he's, like, almost ashamed of, like, the way he looks. And Sully finds a way to cheer him up. And then what they do is they find a way to scare adults and power the, power up the door. And I think it's just such an interesting scene of how they, like, perfectly time it. It seems like the adult to the adult it's like watching a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But to them, it's like looking at the backstage of it, which I think it's so fun. Yeah. And one, I, I love the idea of bringing back Mike and Sully, bring back those two great performances with uh, uh, John Goodman and Billy Crystal, the, but but not doing a sequel, doing a prequel. It's the, I think it's the only Pixar movie where they've done a prequel, and I think yeah. that worked better than a lot of the sequels. Yeah, I honestly think the thing about this movie is that there is good stuff. I'd say the final act is this movie's biggest strength. The big scare scene is this one of this movie's biggest strengths. But it does kind of tend to get buried in, like, an avalanche of mediocrity. Like, first act is solid. Second act is where the mediocre stuff starts. And then the third act is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like we're now in the range where we're going to be picking movies that we feel that, yeah. that, that are, are maybe lopsided a little bit. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mark, your next pick. And I will say I, I pick after you. And there's one left on the board that I'm hoping to get. I'm curious if you're going to steal this See, from me. Who do you have next? You took Ratatouille. So I'm going to try and find which film this is. <laughs> I don't love it that much, though. Yeah. Um, let's see. But I make your pick though. Pick for yourself, yeah. you know, like This is hard. There's a lot of like none of these films I feel like particularly passionate about. Yeah, there's a lot that doesn't excite me. Yeah, it's like ooh, it's brave. Wow. But I'm probably actually going to choose Turning Red. Oh, interesting. I have not seen Turning Red. Now, here's the thing. Levi knows this. I hate Turning Red. If it were up to me, Turning Red would have replaced would have replaced Brave in the bottom three. So why are you picking it? Um, I'm picking it because I feel like it is the coolest concept. It's a slice of life film, and among the slice of life films, it tries to hit a target demographic that isn't usual. So it's representation, which I always give it like props for. It's got a really unique concept of like the family, and I also do think it's really really funny. I don't like it because of, like, how 
for a slice of life film, those are supposed to be somewhat realistic. And the mom in this film is so unrealistic. Um, but I still, I'm picking it because it's so, like, artistically valued. In the sense that the idea of it is enough for me to pick it over other things. Mm -hmm. Like, I can look at just the idea of it and say that I can tell this didn't work out so great. But what a cool idea. So, like, the thing about Turning Red, it's an interesting movie because I think there's a lot of stuff that it did not do very well. Um, But if I'm being honest, they're, like, the reason it's not... The reason it doesn't replace Brave is because, unlike Brave, it has fun characters and good humor. Like, this movie is really funny. It's got a lot of great character design. Its pacing is solid. Um, It's cool to see the characters, like, interact with each other in the both positive and negative ways. Um, But the thing about the mom is she's just so unrealistic, and she's almost immersion-breaking. She's actually that bad, by Hmm. the way. Um, On top of that, this movie has a lot of scenes that are just kind of mediocre hmm. like it's it's hard to point my finger at it but the thing about a lot of the a lot of this movie is that it just feels like how do i put this yeah out of out of, out of place such as because so i can i can clearly tell this was like a passion project by domi she and it it all it kind of disappointed me because the thing about domi she is they directed bow my favorite pixar short and one of the highest, like, it's a very critically acclaimed short and very respected, you know. Um, I'd say it's actually, Bao is better than a lot of the movies still on the board. It's probably better than most. It's, it's better a shame than we can't take shorts, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. shame we can't pick shorts or else Bao would have pretty much already been picked for me. Um, but if I'm being honest, there's just a lot of this movie that just feels like cliche um and not done very well like for instance like i love i like its representation like mark said and i like how it tried to connect with the target audience but other than that it's not really that fun to just watch them like pick a like they picked this goal of trying to make enough money to get into the dome but it's just so like flavorless and uninteresting like yeah i it's it's a very very odd film in terms of how i talk about it because the mom is part one of my biggest issues with it on top of the plot is just very very predictable like Hmm. watching them make the money is like nice and it's pretty fun but the thing is is that they could have picked something that is a lot more entertaining than that for a lot of this movie it feels like out of what they could have done they picked probably one of the least entertaining options Mm -hmm. so like when the mom uh shows the medallion that she trapped her panda spirit in it's like, oh yeah, she's that's gonna end up breaking, and she's gonna become a panda. Um, when they show the other, uh, the people at school that she's a panda, um, then it's like, okay, the conflict is just with the mom. The climax for this movie doesn't really feel that earned, considering the tension with her mom didn't grow as the film went along. Um, so yeah, those are my issues. It's a fun film, but it's not that great. Critically, did really well. Ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which surprised me. I, uh, yeah. I didn't. That, that sort of jumps out at me. Well, Mark, you left the last movie that I wanted here. Um, Levi, you were in the right direction. I want the original Cars. Um, I'm a sucker for this movie. This is not uh, a movie that has a great Rotten Tomatoes score. I think this is um, one of the lowest. Actually, it is. Um, it's their third lowest, seventy four percent. So there's there's definitely much bigger, um, bigger things on the board still. But uh, I think partially partially this was the age in which um, my son uh, was when this movie came out. He was a big Lightning McQueen fan. Actually, we as we talked about in the last episode, Cars is a. What works about it is that the concept is it's a sports movie, um, but it's also. You know, this like kind of big city meets small city, country mouse, city mouse thing. So like, I, I really like this movie a lot. Um, plus we're kind of running out of movies that I've seen. So I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take cars here. Uh, Levi, you have two picks. Who do you have? Uh, who do you have right now? All right. So I am looking and I am going to pick Finding Dory. 
Ooh, this was this was the other big one on the board. This is the highest grossing Pixar movie of all time. It's ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, which uh, tell me about surprising. it. It kind of surprises me that this was the highest grossing, but I guess it makes sense. Finding Nemo was a pretty big success, and Finding Dory is like just the name uh, gives a lot. Uh, the thing about this movie, it does have a lot that holds it back. Like, when Dory has the flashbacks, it makes the screenplay feel very repetitive because each time it's kind of the same thing. Um, I love the dynamic between Dory and the octopus. I'm pretty sure his name is Hank, isn't it? Um, and like, I, I haven't seen this movie in a while, but I do remember a lot of it. I think the shenanigans that they tend to get into for me, like, intent, this in Finding Nemo, but this especially kind of comes down to whether or not the shenanigans entertain you. And yeah, they, they'd entertain me. They're, I think they're pretty cool and feel, it's like, it's cool to see one of Pixar's all oldest, most memorable, like, it, Finding Nemo is one of their novel films. You know, it's when you think of classic Pixar movies, you can't help but think of Finding Nemo, you know. And this movie kind of like takes it and it just kind of like feels sort of like a remix, you know, because, you know, they remix the title, they remix pretty much everything in this movie, but it's got a lot of positives for it, in my opinion. Uh, so, like, ha- there's, I like, I'm going to say, two thirds of the stuff they do at the aquarium. Um, I really like the scene where Dory thinks her parents are dead. That is a very, that scene is filled with a lot of tension. And I love the ending scene where you see all the seashells, um, and Dory sees the, like, where all the seashells leading up to one point. There's no one there, and then her parents come out of the blue. That scene is also really great, very emotional. Um, I am not the biggest fan of the characters they introduced in this movie. I think the beluga whale person is fine. Um, I like how, like, Dory, they're all, like, uh, they're all these different sea creatures with disabilities. Um, I think that was pretty cool. Uh, but other than that, I feel like this movie, it's just two-thirds of it is stuff that is entertaining and fun, but it feels like not the most of it is all, like, high art, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, you watch this movie, you can tell some scenes just kind of feel... Not necessarily rushed, but just like kind of the thing with Turning Red. There are just parts of it that just don't feel that great um, to watch. Like there are some character, whether it be characters or scenes or sections. Um, this movie has some positives, but overall, I feel like it's not Pixar's greatest IP, especially for Finding Nemo. All right, I so still really liked it. So we've made it to round seven. We each have two picks left, and that left, and then Levi and I get stuck with the bottom two. Uh, Levi, I feel like the 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 pickings are pretty slim now. Uh, who are you picking at in your number seven? A Bug's Life. Oh, all right. Is this uh, is this an easy pick for you here? This is not the easiest pick, if I'm being honest. But I am picking a Bug's Life. I am a sucker for good villains, by the way. And Hopper in A Bug's Life is a really good villain, by the way. He has so many memorable monologues. His design is really cool. His The voice acting for Hopper is really, really good. And he poses a good threat. He's he's like, he's just like, if I were out of 10, to give, I'd give Hopper like an 8. He's a good villain. Um, with a lot of really memorable monologues. But other than that, this film, like, the circus bugs... Like, it's still a tedious liar reveal plot. The pacing in this movie is kind of off. Like, it feels like he gets the warrior bugs, they tell him they're circus bugs, and then it feels like you're basically halfway through the movie because you kind of are. But other than that, uh, Flick is kind of a forgettable main protagonist, but he's, he's solid. Um, I really like the Build-A-Bird plot line. This movie is really funny, by the way. I laughed consistently throughout, which is which I did not expect at all, by the way. Um, some of the circus bugs I like, and some of them I don't really like. Like, I don't like the Black Widow, they're just kind of forgettable. Um, I have very mixed feelings on the Caterpillar. Uh, I really liked the Stick Bug, um, and I like the Ladybug. But other than that, I feel this movie is, like other movies, have talked about plenty of positives. But it feels it's got, this is the first movie where it starts to feel like it's got not more positives than negatives but the same amount of negatives as positives. Sure. So so it, it's it's balanced between positives yeah. and negatives, which makes it kind of middle of the road. All right. So I have the next pick, um, and I'm going to p- 
pick something uh, that's going to be unpopular in this room. Um, but this is a movie that I think I like more than you guys. So I know I could I could wait and get it. But I'm going to take Brave right here. Of what's left on the board, it's probably the movie that I like best. Now, we also have some movies on the board I haven't seen. And I'm kind of avoiding those because I don't really know what I think about them. But... Even so, I'm pretty happy to take Brave here at number seven. We talked plenty about Brave in the last episode, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Mark, what is your... You get your last two picks right here. Okay, so for my last two picks, I'm going to choose Cars 3 first. All right, let's let's talk about that. This is one I was unsure where where this fits kind of in in here. Um, so t- tell me about Cars 3 and why you, why you put this here. So I like Cars 3 the most of the three Cars movies. Cars 2 has tried to be to, just tried to be a weird spy movie and it didn't work. And Cars 1, I just doesn't it doesn't really hit for me. I understand it. a lot of people might like it, but it doesn't really work for me. Cars 3 is the most sports movie like of the three Cars movies, which is why I like it the most. It's easily like when you watch a Cars movie, it's kind of like you want to watch a football game. And Cars 3 is the only one that really gives me that experience, I would say. Um, there isn't really much I can say about it, because it is, like, a lot of it is pretty, like, mediocre-ish, but I do like how the trainer gets to race and actually wins, um, and, yeah, not much I can say about it. It's yeah, just really, really we're kind of getting to the point where there's maybe not a lot to say, uh, yeah, about just... these movies. Uh, what do you, this is your last pick then, Mark, what do you want to, uh, uh-huh. what do you want to take for your last one here? There's one movie I'm surprised by because I thought I thought people liked this movie, but maybe they didn't. Um, that's on the board. I'm wondering if that's going to be your last pick. I'm taking. In- I'm going to take Incredibles two next. That's the one I was wondering about. Why Why did this go so low? I have not seen Incredibles two, but I thought people generally liked this movie, didn't they? Um, here's the thing. I think this movie is very underrated as well. Um, I think. I don't know. I think people just like. Sure, it's a really good movie, I would say. It's not, like, good, good, but it's a pretty decent film, and I just don't like the fact, like, people keep comparing it. It's, like, it's way worse than the original Incredibles, but the original Incredibles is just so good. It's, like, it's not it's not a fair comparison. Um, And I really like the unique, like, villains in this and, like, the unique superheroes, I like how they all add their sort of, like, pop and color to the screen. Um, they're all very unique. I like... I like their suit designs. I like how the villain is, like, super ominous in, like, the first half. It's very eerie, like, who they are and what they want. I do know a lot of people saw the twist villain coming from a mile away. But I still think it's, like, pretty well done. Like, you don't super anticipate it that much. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say. All right, so this is my uh, number eight pick, and then I'm going to get stuck with one of the bottom ones. So what we have left on the board, just to recap if you're listening, we have Cars 2, The Good Dinosaur, Onward, and Lightyear. For me, this one's pretty easy. I'm going to take Onward here. I think Onward is is by far the best of these four. Um, I was This was a movie that I watched. Um, this came out during... Uh, uh, came out right as COVID kicked off. Um, this was meant to go to theaters, and instead um, they they made it available on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and I was so pleasantly surprised by this. I remember thinking, I'm not sure if this sounds like a good idea. Um, I, I like Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, so like so that was that was pretty fun. So this late in the draft, I'm happy to get um, I'm happy to get onward here. This is actually the one I was looking at last round to potentially take uh, here, so I feel feel pretty good about this. Um, Levi, you have your number eight pick, and then what you're going to get stuck with? <laughs> okay, so uh, looks like we have Cars Two, The Good Dinosaur, and Lightyear left. So mm-hmm. I am going to pick Lightyear. I'm not going to talk much about this. Mark was kind of not calling on... I really wanted to talk about Incredibles 2 as the Incredibles lover that I am. Uh, people think the movie is mediocre because it is a mediocre movie. Because Bob... So Bob's jealous. I'm just going to qu- do a quick recap because I couldn't talk about it. Sure, absolutely. I had a lot to say. So, the new hero designs aren't really that great. This is just a minor thing. and It's, it's very subjective, but it's a very minor thing. Though... Uh, Bob's jealousy plotline of his uh, wife of Ellen 
uh, gets dropped in the final act for basically no reason, so they just made him a jerk for absolutely no reason. Evelyn Dever is a very contrived and not great villain. Um, like, her motivation is to keep supers illegal, but she actively helped make them legal again, and then waited until the contract to be signed to then make the superheroes break everything? The climax, by the way, is just really, like, it's very like you 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 can fall asleep watching the climax it's really uninteresting it drags on for a while and it's not that great um like again the new iterations to the art style in this movie aren't are also not that great i don't like how they erased tony's memory of violet so they're just gonna have a redo her rug for the uh for this for a second time um, the Underminer fight is disappointing for how it, we waited 14 years for it. And then also, um, they barely use any of, versus the first movie where some of the most interesting parts are the chase scenes because they make such creative use of their powers. In this movie, they barely use their powers at all. And when they do, it's nothing special. And I know that's comparing it to the first movie, but like, this is Pixar in general, one of the most creative companies most of the time. <laughs> um, so, like, when you just have this generic superhero movie, it doesn't do much very well. It kind of makes you wonder, why am I really watching this film? It doesn't really... It, it just doesn't hit it for me. It doesn't hit it for a lot of people. I yeah. think it's overrated. So as, a, as an Incredibles fan, it is not a, yeah, it's not, not a good follow-up there. as an Incredibles fan. Uh, and I'm so glad we got, to, we got that in there. Your your pick was um, was Lightyear, which we talked about. Now you get, uh, of the bottom two, we have Cars 2 and The Good Dinosaur. Levi, I know you really want Cars 2. You should pick Cars 2 here. What are you going to take? I'm going to take a good, The Good Dinosaur. Oh, okay, so this you're movie... sticking me. Now, we, we did talk about this last time. So... Movie. so um, there's one more thing I want to talk about here that I didn't get to talk about uh, last time when we talked about the Good Dinosaur. They introduce a lot of characters, by the way. Like there, are, there is this character that collects a lot of like pets, but the, one of the, it's one of the big problems about this movie that kind of makes it feel like it doesn't have a story at all. Is because every time they introduce a character, they get rid of it within the next ten minutes. You know. But other than that, uh, our, in our last episode, we talked plenty about this movie what we think they should have done with this movie how conceptually good this movie could have been it could have been high concept now it is on to you with your last pick. (sighs) so reluctantly i will take cars too it it really is it really ruins my team here so here's the here's the recap i want you guys to listen to these and say honestly who you think has the best slate of movies bearing in mind that um levi and I got to pick one and two, but we also get stuck with a stinker at the bottom. So, Levi, you have The Incredibles, Toy Story 3, Inside Out, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 4, Finding Dory, A Bug's Life, and Lightyear. So, a very Toy Story heavy, but you also get Inside Out and The Incredibles. I feel like your top five are incredible. Literally, The Incredibles, the the, the Toy Stories 2 through 4 and Inside Out unassailable and then you know and then it all gets tough for us towards the bottom mark you have wally luca soul monsters inc monsters university turning red cars three and the incredibles two um how you feeling um i would say i really like my top half those are some of my all-time faves but the bottom half for me i think doesn't quite hit it. Yeah. Like my, my bottom picks got stolen. Yeah, yeah. It kind of drops off after Monsters Inc. I feels like I feel yeah. like. All right, and here is my team, which I feel great about until I don't. Uh, Ratatouille up. I feel like I have the top in my on my list. I have the top two Pixar movies there. Coco, Finding Nemo, still doing great. Toy Story, still doing great. I love Cars, still doing great. I'm pro Brave. Onward and then Cars Two. Cars, yeah. t- Cars Two brings mine. Cars Two might collapses my team. Might just. I do think you have the best of all of us, just because you have so many winners. Um, for me, I feels like my top five are just five heavy hitters. For Mark, it feels like his top, his whole top half is just good movies, you know. And for you, it feels like you have just a lot of good movies. Like you have a lot of Pixar classics. Yeah, I like think. You, yeah. 
Like I avoided got, I avoided sequels. You got Toy Story, Finding Nemo, Ratatouille, and Up. You know, and I don't and Coco. Yeah, yeah, and Coco. And I don't really like Up, but I think all those other ones are like really strong films. Yeah, I yeah. think honestly, I think it you could, have the it could best be one. a three. I don't want to say it's a tie. It could be. Cars two really spoils your team, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, I mean, but same it's way, a cancer on my team. Same way, yeah. good dinosaur and light year are, are cancers to my team too. Yes, yes. Um, I will say, listeners, uh, you listen to this draft. You obviously have your own thoughts about um, about Pixar movies. Email us channel thirty nine hundred at, at gmail Let us know your thoughts. Who has the best list? What were the biggest mistakes that we made in our drafts? Uh, what got picked too high? What did we allow to fall? too low uh, this was really fun I, I enjoyed doing this i was stressed out doing this hoping that i was going to get the picks that i wanted uh mark managed to steal a little bit for me i yeah. definitely managed to steal from mark so we'll uh uh after we're done recording here he's going to beat me up i think um and and t- tear ratatouille from my uh from my paws um that is all the time we have for this episode for mark barry and levi barry i am sam mulberry you've been listening to a very very pixar podcast we'll see you next week